Welcome to another episode of the Time for Some Action podcast. I'm your host, Niles E. Uh, with me, Brother T. What's up, family? How are you doing out there today? Better and better, sir. How about yourself? Pretty tired. It was a long day at work. And we have a special guest with us on the show this week, uh, bringing in uh, the family member. Uh, I'd like to introduce DJ to the show. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? How's things going with you today, sir? Amazing, man. Can't complain at all. That's good. That's good. So we were planning on uh, doing a little recap of the music tournament that I had cooked up, but due to some technical difficulties, a.k.a. Uh, uh, my wife not liking the way the brackets are looking we're going to have to push that to the side a bit so we're going to do a little Laker talk and then want to jump into some uh, financial talk there as well that's cool with you guys oh yeah that sounds great yeah let's do it alright so uh, just came off a win much needed win granted it was over Cleveland, but I'll take what I can get right now with Braun and AD being out. So, after the trade deadline, seeing that the team didn't make any moves and it's looking more like they're going to be going heavy into the buyout market with either Andre Drummond, uh, hearing some chatter of Avery Bradley, or, or maybe even a LaMarcus Aldridge, what do you guys think? Who do you think would be best suited to join the Lakers and, and when they go in this stress run t- towards the playoffs? Um, I would say as long if the Lakers get two out of those three players, that's all we need to match up with Brooklyn. Um, if we pick up Andre Drummond, I think that in itself is enough, but we still have that extra uh, roster spot. And bringing Avery Bradley back, I feel like, is, is just the overall good move for the team. It's pretty much the same team as last year as far as the core goes. He'll be able to, because uh, last year, um, Avery Bradley coming off the elbow on, on that screen by the big, having Drummond do that, you're either going to have to step up because his, mid, his mid-range is deadly, or he's throwing the lob to either uh, Drummond or AD, so... I think uh, you get you get two out of those three players, and then when Marcus Aldridge comes, that's that's a cherry on top. Uh, I agree with everything that uh, brother DJ said. Um, uh, I if they get two out of those three players, I think that it would be the cherry on top. The only thing that's scaring me right now is. Um, the uh, chemistry factor, you know, um, we 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 don't know how our chemistry is going to work out, you know, putting all together these moving parts. Uh, if we are able to add these guys, I mean, Avery, if he comes back, he'll fit right in. He knows his role perfect. Uh, that's why I think he'll end up probably back here again. Uh, La- Lamarcus and Drummond are both veteran guys. But they both bring different skill sets. Uh, Drummond's more of a uh, back to the basket, uh, rim protector, uh, rebounding guy, which is that's what fits perfect for us. That's what I, of course, would love to see. 
the combination of Bradley and Drummond come in. But if you brought in LaMarcus, you know, that that wouldn't help either. Another big that can step out, spread the floor. He's uh, um, not quite the rim protector and rebounder that Drummond would be, but a big that can step out and hit that uh, hit that 15 to all the way to extend maybe the the, um, the three-point line. Uh, as me and my my co-host called him the crooked man, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would like either one to come, but if you ask me with a gun to my head, what I would preferably have, I would love to have Drummond. I think he would be just that, that anchor in the middle, uh, um, putting him and AD together. And uh, that front line, I think, would be too much for anybody. Yeah, you're not scoring on that. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're you're not scoring on that. But um, also, I I'm kind of uh, really worried about this uh, AD injury. Um, I, it's it's been a long time, and I haven't heard anything. The last thing I heard is that he was going to be reevaluated in what three weeks. So that'll be almost uh, two months that he's been out. So, you know, what is his conditioning going to be like when he comes back? Uh, like I said, chemistry-wise, you know, if we get one of those guys, how is he going to fit in with those guys? Uh, that's the only thing that's worrying me. I'm really still not worried. Other than losing ground in the uh, in the in the standings, but I'm still not really worried if everybody can come back healthy that's 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 the thing about it is we got to get everybody healthy and i was glad to see we got that w tonight it was much needed because uh yeah it we got to we got to uh have some momentum with these guys um getting their confidence up going into the stretch run so um like i said if 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 i can get anybody it would be drumming and Avery, if we just got Drummond, that'd be cool. But that combination of Drummond and Avery would be perfect for me. I think uh, just to add to that really quick, LaMarcus Aldridge would actually fit really well with us. Um, I think, you know, if we were p- to pick him up, if it was possible, because Marcus Gasol, I do like him. Honestly, he's, he's not bad. But I would much rather have LaMarcus Aldridge who in a way he like Marcus Saul, he's, he's older now, you know, his defense isn't as good. It's not terrible, but it's just not as good. You know, so Lamarcus Aldridge, he's a, you know, mediocre defender also, but his offensive <laughs> game is still there. That mid range yeah. is deadly. He could step out to the three point line. So I think him coming off the bench with Montrez is scary. That would be really, really, really scary. And then you add Kuzma to that mix. I, I I think that's a um, that's a good selling point to him. And then um, as far as like where the Lakers Lakers currently stand, you know, as far as all the injuries and um, you know the the losing streak, you know, I think the dub tonight was was needed. You know, it was, it was definitely expected with Cleveland, um, but we'll definitely take any dub at this point. I just think that we have the players like the players that we have with LeBron and AD those two are are two two players that are unselfish and you could plug into any lineup so i think that this uh what will happen is in a way a blessing in disguise because we're going to need those dudes 
to step up against Brooklyn, against uh, Clippers, all everybody. We're gonna need the all those dudes that are playing right now to step up. So I think you know once you plug those two back in, and if AD like if it's really honestly bad, I would just say just let them sit out. I I'm still I'm still betting on LeBron. You know, because the way he took that Cavs team, and, and I believe it was 2016, you can't bet against him. Like, he's still, like, if you give him um, Andre Drummond and just the squad he has now, that's still, you feel, I, I'm still not betting against him. So, you know, if AD needs to take that extra time, he needs to go ahead and take it. But, you know, I think that um, they're low managing it also. You know, as far as like, they don't really, they won't need him into the playoffs. Like, if he misses the first round, that's when I'm like, all right, that's, we're good. Like, don't bring him back. You know, but if he comes back before that, then, you know, I think that all this extra time taken was just a, like precautionary seeing what happened with KD. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well, DJ. It's just that from what they, everything I've heard, they did a, a analysis on him tonight and he was actually shooting out. I was just checking on Twitter right before we started up. He was out on the court. He was shooting jumpers, actual jumpers, not just the set, set on the uh, sitting on your um, uh, set shots. But he was shooting like actual jumpers out there with Phil Handy before the game. So that was definitely good to see. And they said he's on to his next level of the rehab, basically. From what I've heard, it's not just tendonitis in his uh, Achilles, it's tendinosis. So, and everything I've heard online is that it's more so like there's a small tear in there. So they're basically uh, trying not to work that, kind of to what um, DJ was pointing out, take all the time you need. And because like these games right now in the middle of the season with the shortened season anyway, you don't want to put uh, unnecessary wear on him when all you're basically needing him for the playoffs. That that last month to get some tune-up in with everybody to get your chemistry going, and then that uh, stretch run of the playoffs, the first, uh, second round, and so on and so forth. So if they can uh, limit the wear on AD and LeBron, and just kind of tread water. Like, you don't, a seeding, and it goes back to what I was mentioning at the a couple shows ago, where this team, I don't think seeding is as much an issue. If this was um, last year and, uh, and this team hadn't experienced uh, going through a championship run, I might say, yes, uh, you definitely uh, need to worry about seeding. But most of these guys coming back, they know what to expect in the playoffs now. They've gone through that championship grind, and they know what's expected of them. Um, and I, in, in terms of, like, going on the road, going to a Utah, I'm not, uh, I'm not scared that they can take a game from them. They can take a game from Denver. None of the teams out west, at least to me, have improved themselves enough recently through the trade deadline, and we'll talk about that in a moment. To where the Lakers should should be panicking at this point. They need to just focus on themselves, get the guys that are going to be in that basically that ten man rotation come playoff time, get them set and good to go and healthy. That's the biggest thing. If this team, we saw what they did at the beginning of the season when everyone was healthy, 
how scared uh, the league was of these guys. And just because they have a little setback health-wise, I don't say to, I don't, I, I wouldn't doubt them. Just stay the course. I'm glad they didn't go uh, that route of dumping all that in, all that in just to get Kyle Lowry. Um, and I, I was hoping you got to that. I'm sorry to cut you off. That I'm glad that they didn't make that deal. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, uh, trust the, pro- as funny as, we might be borrowing a line from Philly, but trust the process. Rob knows what he's doing, and they know what they're doing with the team that they got. So just there may be some bumps in the road. And some teams are getting their licks in now, but come the, the real season, that's when we know what's up. So, Absolutely. I, uh, I, well hope, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, uh, Like I said, I haven't been sweating – all year when it comes comes to this. I haven't even, uh, I didn't even watch the game tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh but isn't it uh, we got always this let's we're gonna call, kinda go on a comical rant real quick. It's always bums that that end up hurting our stars. Uh <laughs> so, I, I, of course I'ma always go back to th- two thousand four. That's that's probably the most bitter championship that we've lost uh, probably since the 84 Boston series. But it's always bums going all the way back to 89, even when it's bums on our team, own team. David Rivers uh, um, uh, got had Byron help Byron tear his hamstring. Then we go to 2004. Uh, luckily, this isn't in the finals or anything, but 2004, when Carl Malone uh, tore his, uh, uh, or he did he tear or sprain? I think he tore his. Uh, he tore his knee. Yeah, yeah. something in his knee. I think he tore something in his knee, and that that really hurt our chances to uh, win the championship this year. And that was bum ass Scott Williams. And then <laughs> this injury was another bum nobody, uh, uh, Solomon Hill with LeBron. What what are you doing diving after a ball in the be- in the beginning of the game? Yeah. And and the way he fell into his legs. That it looked like it was on purpose to me. It looked like Same. It was on purpose. So that is t- it's too bad it's not like it is it used to be in the NBA back in the eight, uh 70s, 80s and 90s because the next time they star player would have came down the middle he would have been eating wood, and that's what should that's what should happen because you you know better than to dive after somebody's legs. Yep. Yes, especially with basketball. Like that's the thing that everybody at the end of the day, their competitors looking out for, um, but they want to look out for one another and not take cheap shots and. Duke went in and said, hey, I'm not a dirty player. Uh, this wasn't a dirty play. But you, you look at it and you see it was kind of a half-hearted dive and it was crashing right at LeBron. Now, right at his ankle. you don't know what the, Right. You, you don't know the man's intent, but just looking at the film, it was like, mm, I don't know about that one there. That uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was... 
I was very, very unhappy. And like I said, there ain't no payback in today's NBA because I like uh, Trey Young. But as soon as Trey Young came down the middle, uh, <laughs> would have been uh, somebody. I think Mark Markeith is probably the goonish, the goonish uh, guy on the team more than anybody. Uh, um, and it would have been Markeith laying uh, Trey Young on his back if he had penetrated down the middle in the eighties and nineties. But yeah, they don't. But just they don't have a. Just like Go ahead. everything else in society has been, uh, it's been punctified. <laughs> no, they don't have anybody crazy <laughs> on their team. Like, like they, even with Kobe's days with Meta, they don't have anybody crazy that'll just take you out at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, exactly. <laughs> And so we have to live with bums like Salomon Hill on the planet. (laughs) So kind of want to shift gears to the trade deadline. And like I said, we didn't make any moves, but I want to look at some of the moves that were made. Uh, I touched upon it just a a moment ago with the Kyle Lowry deal. I already heard your take on it, Brother T, but just wondering uh, what's your thoughts on that there, DJ? Do you think we should have gone all in for Lowry, or are you cool with what we got here as well and uh, adding THG along with uh, Schroeder and KCP was just too high asking? Yeah, that was way too high. Way too high. As soon as I seen um, soon as I seen them add, try to add THT to that trade, it's like, yeah, there's no way. Like that, there's, there's no way. Not even a chance. Like there's nobody else. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take Lowry and Siakam. Siakam uh, for for those three. I still wouldn't do it. Like that asking price is way too high. And um, yeah. I feel like the the, the two players, um, if the Lakers, if they would have accepted, you know, the Schroeder and KCP, I possibly would have took it because then at that point. Um, you have that starting guard spot open and with the buyout market I feel like we could potentially uh, possibly uh, upgrade at that position if we were to make that move and I think that if um, the Raptors if the Raptors took that took that trade I think you know that would have been a good move for both sides but nah the Raptors are trying to take advantage of us yeah yeah that's kind of what my thought process was too I saw uh, Kendrick Perkins going nuts on the trade deadline show, and, I, and normally I I side with Big Perk on a lot of things. But the past couple of days today, he was saying he doesn't, he isn't confident in what the Lakers are doing right now. And then yesterday, he was saying, "You move heaven and earth for Kyle Lowry." I'm like, wait, hold up. He's a 35 year old six foot point guard. Who uh, LeBron is the uh, is the abnormal one where he's 35, 36 and can keep on going, but <laughs> but Lowry, come on! I mean, it was just a few years ago where this dude come playoff time, you knew he was going <laughs> to fold, true. and now about he get he he wins the one championship, and everybody thinks he's this like accomplished dude come playoff time. It's like cold up. No, you don't remember the Kyle Lowry who was notorious for just 
choking in the playoffs. So I don't want to hear this, and especially on a thirty million dollar price tag with that, and having to, uh, it would have only been a rental. You would have had to basically re up him in the off season. I, I I just I did not. I'm glad that they didn't go down that road, especially if they were having to throw THT in it, because that's one of the pieces that you got to keep along uh, AD as like they, they progress further along. And bro, he's 20, 20 and cost controlled. You got cost control with, uh, with KCP. He's already under contract. The only one that's in question, which is, is Schroeder. And, and um, it's very high possibility that, uh, he's gonna resign because uh, you know if he really wants to win at 26, 27, he he he'll probably resign. But um, there's no way the 35 and that year that they won the chip. Uh, besides dingy braids, it was um, it was uh, Fred Van Bleet that was the one that really uh, that that played big in that in that final series. Uh, yep. And also Danny Green. Uh, I, I think Kyle, Kyle Laurie had maybe had a couple good games, but it was really Fred Van Bleet and uh, Danny Green that was the ones besides Dingy Braids that uh, that uh, really solidified that title. So I don't understand moving heaven and earth for Kyle Laurie, moving three players for Kyle Kyle Laurie uh, when you already got LeBron there. That still that pretty much is the ball handler anyway. So, uh, right. like I, like you were saying, thirty-five years old, thirty million dollars a year. Uh, yeah, I'll pass on that. Uh, I'll take my chances on. Uh, and they, and I don't understand these guys. These analysts act like the Lakers are playing at full strength. Now I can see if they were getting mopped at full strength, then okay, maybe we should start looking at maybe tinkering this lineup a little bit. But I'm like. You missing, uh, you missing not only the best player in the league, clearly uh, who the MVP is this year. You see what's happened since he's been out, and and mm. possibly the the best all around big man in the league. Uh, so and you know you're missing fifty plus points every night, not to mention. 15, maybe 16, 17 rebounds, 20 rebounds a night, and the leadership of LeBron and and uh, and the uh, versatility of AD. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. They, they, we're, let's not lose our minds about trying to tinker with this team too much. Just, you know, ride out, ride out the injuries, and, and then we'll see when it comes to the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. And just kind of uh, touching upon just what they were asking again. You're, you're ba- Toronto was basically asking for the starting backcourt of the Lakers as well as a rotational piece. It isn't like THT might play five minutes here, six like cleanup. No, he at this state stage of the season, he's an actual rotation player that they were trying to grab up as well. So no, I. I, I Get out of here with that Kyle Lowry madness. So yeah, I, you would have lost. Like you said, you would have lost KCP, who was a major piece, uh, uh, a major piece to last year's championship. A wing defender, uh, a shooter. You would have lost another wing defender 
and ball handler and just, you know, the uh, 20-year-old guy that's ascending. And you would have lost another shooter and ball handler in Schroeder. Now, who do you have coming off the bench backing up Schroeder at PG? I mean, backing up exactly. Kyle Lowry. I'm sorry. If they hadn't made that deal, backing up Kyle Lowry. You're basically asking Caruso to be the backup point guard at that point or hoping you get somebody in the buyout market. And like, with what's out there point guard-wise, I mean, Jeff Teague. And Jeff Teague hasn't been good since his first go-around in Atlanta. Yeah, so. Exactly. And, and also, who is now going to step into that wing spot? Wesley Matthews? Yeah. We've seen... We've seen what Wesley's Wesley Matthews has done this season <laughs> so far, and I and I'm really trying to trying to be uh, 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 hopeful that Wesley will uh, will turn it around and 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 contribute during the uh, during this stretch run. But you go throw him in the starting lineup now, so your starting lineup, if they had made this deal, would have been Kyle Lowry, LeBron. AD, Marcus Saul, and uh, Wesley. Yeah, and probably and so. Then, yeah. And then Trez, Trez Coos, and uh, and Caruso off the bench. And Keith, yeah, Keith. yeah. So you would have cut, you would have cut yeah. down your manpower. And he's that. He's not that dude to where you gut your team. Uh, for uh, again, I'll say it, a thirty-five-year-old six-foot point guard. He's not Chris Paul. He, he, he isn't like he isn't like that. Uh, dude is a. I, I ain't trying to knock him too much, but he he's a solid player. But he's not something you move heaven and earth for, especially at that price number. I, I'm sorry, because at that point your money's all tied up. You aren't making any. Uh, substantial changes. Your team of the of not just the future, uh, the future, but I mean not just the present, but the future is LeBron, uh, Kyle Lowry, and AD. You don't have any wiggle room. Your only piece left at that point would be Kuz. So, no, uh, uh, that does that doesn't make sense on any standpoint. I, I don't care what the perk or. Uh, Chris Broussard or any of these other analysts got to say, I just don't see it. No, sorry. We got to talk about what the Rockets ended up getting for James Harden. <laughs> or what they didn't get for James Harden. Man, oh man. Who did they end up with? I mean, at the end of the day, players-wise... Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek. Oh, oh, and, that, and that's, that's it. Harden. That's why I question that move. Every that's day. it. Why would they make that trend? Like, they because. had so, like, there were so many better, different packages. Hell, yeah, just Ben Simmons what? for him Come straight on, up. Man. Like, Like I don't know why Houston didn't do that. Honestly, that in a second, uh, Philly calls up. Hey, we'll give you Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, call it into the league right now. 
Like they, you, you don't try. You don't gotta haggle yeah. for a first round or anything. Get him over here. And Ben can't shoot, but Ben with what was left on that roster, that still would have been a decent team uh, going forward. I don't, I don't know with players. You can't, you can't surround exactly players around Avery Bradley or Kelly Olynyk. Like I think they were honestly, no. they just didn't care anymore. Like they're uh, soon as Maury left, that was it. They blew the whole, blew the whole top. It up. was. You know, that with that owner, it's all about saving money because he isn't trying to pay the luxury tax because his hotels haven't been able to get anything going during COVID. So he's uh, he ain't broke, obviously, but he ain't like NBA owner uh, rich anymore. And they're basically just hoping that they can luck up on. And it isn't like the picks are coming this year. Those Brooklyn picks, they ain't coming for another three or four years. Hopefully, they got to hope that Brooklyn gets old quick because they already owe a bunch of picks for the uh, Westbrook trade that they made. So, it isn't like help Kay Cunningham ain't walking in that door this year. Yep. So, yep. I would have, uh, hell, I would have aided. I would have aided and told, told them, hey, y'all are both staying. <laughs> <laughs> I would have ate it and told them y'all are both staying. You better figure it out because y'all ain't going nowhere. I don't care how fat and sloppy you get, but until I get the until I get the right deal, uh, I you 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 can go out there and do nothing as much as you possibly want. But uh, like you said, they got Avery Bradley. Think about that, Avery, and I like Avery, but he's not going to stay Olympic. most likely. But yeah. So you got the Ke- Kelly Olenek for for Harden. <laughs> oh boy! I would I hey. calling the Lakers about. I would have been calling the Lakers about. Old Is that the worst trade been, in, in, in in NBA history? <laughs> I'm I sure we could probably find some trash or the- trade in NBA history. Now that you say it, especially like. Once you take Avery Bradley out the equation and you just say Kelly Olenek in the same sentence as James Harden, that just... I I think that has to be the worst trade in NBA history. Yeah, we would have to look that up. Maybe we can uh, fact check that. uh, (laughs) Got to. Because that's yeah, up there for sure. Definitely. I don't care what picks yeah. came with it. That's up. As, like you said, if that pick wasn't the only way I'm trading James Harden for Kelly Olenek is if I'm getting guaranteed the first pick for 2021 and I'm getting Kay Cunningham. That is the only way. But those picks, like you said, aren't for a couple years. So I honestly have no idea what Houston was thinking. What they doing? Yeah, because they potentially can lose their pick to Oklahoma City if it's if it doesn't reach in a certain point because of the Westbrook trade. So they may be screwed even more when you think about it. Like they're gonna be bad, but then they might not be bad enough to to get the, the top pick and you gotta see Cade over there in OKC with the uh, SGA. So nice. oh, that's gonna be nice. 
Oklahoma City is building on. They're doing, they're trying to recreate the um, Westbrook uh, Durant Harden era. Ibaka. Yeah. They're trying, yeah. They're trying That's to, exactly you know, what they have doing. the opportunity. They have almost 20 chances to do it. And they're trying to just get three players. <laughs> All right. I, I did a fact check right now. I don't know. I don't. This one is. <laughs> uh oh. The Charles Barkley trade is pretty bad, too. So, uh, if you remember in 1992, uh, not you, DJ, uh, you were not even a gleam in your daddy's eye yet. But, uh, but uh, the Sixers traded Charles Barkley for Jeff Hornacek, which is, uh, he was a good, solid role player, couple all-stars here and there. But this is where it got nasty after this. And now to remember these two names. Tim Perry and Andrew Lane. <laughs> yeah. See, and the only thing I can add into that is I have no idea who those people are. <laughs> so that must say something. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Hornacek I know who was Hornacek actually. Is. I know who that is. Yeah. But the last two, yeah, was... I don't think I'm taking a small guard over Charles Barkley. So. Yeah. I don't know. I so, don't know. I think <laughs> Kelly O'Linick for James Harden is worse than that. Uh, Definitely the worst uh, trade in modern history. That, I will I, I say think, that. Honestly, that has to be the worst one, period. Because James Harden could potentially win you a championship. What does Kelly O'Linick do for you? <laughs> Come on now. Like, uh, Charles Barkley couldn't even win a championship. You know, James Harden can win you a championship. Well, I mean, Chuck seems to think that when he was talking the other day that he's not, he's the best player in the league uh, overall, not just best offensive, really? but best player in the league, uh, and that he's the, a better offensive player than, than Kobe or Jordan. Now, I'd love to hear both of y'all's takes on that because when I heard that, I was like, hold on. The only way that's possible is because of the way the game is officiated today. That's the only way. Um, is because James Harden has literally, literally mastered, you know, he literally mastered offense. Like, it's kind of impossible to stop him because that step back, if you come up under him, it's a foul. If you challenge, he knows how to draw the foul. If you don't, if you're not in his eyeballs and even that doesn't even matter. He still hit that shot in your face. He'll blow by you if you get up. He knows how to draw foul, so it's like that. In a way, that's you can't. He's a he's a like he takes the whole three level score to a whole nother level. Chuck, Chuck I'm gonna say Chuck, you need to calm down, bro, because we've seen, we've seen <laughs> him get stopped in the playoffs. Uh, where they were last year, LeBron switched over to him a lot. Uh, who else gave him trouble? Um, uh, Rondo gave him a lot of trouble in the playoffs last year. Uh, and then they Golden when he when they were battling with Golden State for those couple of years, Clay would give him a lot of trouble. Uh, old old Kobe was killing Clay. <laughs> it was killing 
uh, uh, young Clay. So it, I, look I don't at, even look at James Harden like from this aspect, that, uh, though. He 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 came into the league as you know the third um, the third star on the team. You know, and once he got traded off to Houston, that's where he blossomed. You know, and now he's back with Brooklyn, and he's kind of in a way he's back in that position of being like the point guard distributor. Like he's not really, and I feel like that's what's going to separate him this year in the playoffs is that he's back in a way in his habitat. You know, if not necessarily having to be the one that is depending on you, but it is depending on him. You get what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, yeah. I think this that, year is going to be that year where we see, like, that blossom from year one to year whatever he's in now. You know, to where it's like, yeah, there's no way you can help off of KD. There's no way you can help off of Kyrie. Like, it's literally one on one with James mm-hmm. Harden, and he's a real he's really good at drawing fouls, and you know he's just I feel like he he's mastered the offensive game. Uh, yeah, I can agree from that standpoint. Um, my whole thing is you know the whole. Do Kobe I like thing. his game? Let me just it, add this really quick. Do I like his game? No, no, I, I hate it. I hate watching it, <laughs> but he's mastered it. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Go he's, ahead. He's um uh that's but he he he's um he's he needs that those two other guys yes. with him. Just like he needed Chris Paul. He uh he needed KD and West earlier in his career. Kobe's never exactly. needed anybody. It's especially in scoring. <laughs> Kobe's never needed anybody. Kobe's never asked for anybody. Uh, he just he just said, "Hey, I know what I got to do to improve my game. If you go come along with me, you better come along with me." But um, he Kobe never never folded to the pressure. Never said. I mean, he asked for a trade one year, but it wasn't because it was his effort. Even though he wanted to be traded. That summer before they got Powell, you never seen Kobe get fat and out of shape and say, I'm just not going to play until you deal me. Exactly. Still giving exactly. people 30, 30 and five assists and, uh, you know, five, six rebounds. Uh, and and James Harden ain't never had to play with a lineup like Shaman Williams, Schmush Parker, <laughs> uh, Luke, Kwame Brown, Lamar. And uh, some of the other dudes, Chris Mim, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I give it to James Harden for what he uh, don't ever. Uh, well, I think we lost uh, Brother T. Let me see if I can get him back because he was going on. He was going on one right there. I see where he's coming from, though. I see where he's coming from. I just feel like, you know, James Harden. He's de- he's he'll he'll never be on Kobe's level, but right now he is the best scorer in the league. Like there's that dude is like he's the definition of a three level scorer. I'd say four level, adding in the free throw line, you know. So. I just think that he he's literally mastered the the, the offensive game. 
and uh, we got Brother T back. I, I was just joking with DJ that said you were going on a little rant there. That too hot. You killed Man, the feed, yeah, brother. Man, that, these these guys, and somebody, especially like Chuck, who's always talking about how better the, the old game was, which I agree, you know. Uh, I agree that the old NBA was better. So to hear somebody like him say such a preposterous thing, and uh, we ain't even talking about Michael, you know, the... If Michael played in today's era, oh my God. If Michael and Kobe, young Michael and young Kobe played in today's era where the the, the, the three-point line has been overinflated, you know how much more numbers they would put up if they actually wanted to shoot more threes? And, and you know yeah, how much more Kobe and, point. and yeah. Michael would have got to the line? It with today's inflated numbers. Um, I actually seen a guy do a whole breakdown video on it uh, when this whole, when Charles Barkley first said that. And he actually did the numbers and and uh, and showed if Kobe and, and Michael, mostly Kobe, he did it mostly on Kobe, had, because he's a big time Laker fan too. Uh, he said if Kobe had a, bumped up his three-point shooting and attempts, it wouldn't even be close. Uh, the the What was it last year that Harden averaged like 37? I think he shot over like 300 more threes than Kobe did the year that Kobe averaged 35. So, and he had mm. Westbrook on his team. Westbrook, P.J. Tucker, you know, uh, uh, the house dude, um, who else they had? They had Clint Capella, and then they traded him. But they had a roster around here. I already told you. Yeah, uh, Aaron hey, Gordon. Aaron I Gordon. already told yep. you what the Lakers roster was the year that Kobe averaged what he averaged thirty five. His uh, his career high. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and pass this off because the top of my head is gonna blow off if I continue to <laughs> talk about this nonsense. <laughs> Well, let's shift to a couple other teams in the West that made some moves. You guys want to do the Basement Dweller Clippers first or the uh, the Denver Nuggets, who seem to think that they're uh, de- uh, destined for the NBA Finals of the moves they made yesterday. All right, so... If you don't know, Denver added uh, Aaron Gordon and JaVale, uh, old Laker uh, center JaVale McGee to the team yesterday, basically replacing uh, what they lost last year in uh, Plumley and Jeremy Grant, uh, respectively. And so they're thinking that if basically Aaron Gordon is an upgrade on, on Jeremy Grant, that's debatable. I personally think Jeremy Grant's and seeing what he's doing in Detroit is a better player than Aaron Gordon. But it, it, with that there, and then JaVale being better than Plumley, I definitely agree JaVale is better than Plumley, but that's no question. So the, I do think that they have improved. Do you, have they improved enough where, because basically at the end of the day, can. Aaron Gordon stopped somebody like LeBron on the defensive end. 
I don't see it uh, uh, see it happening because that's where Denver really struggles. Can they shut down AD and LeBron? And even with those pickups yesterday, if they come across the Lakers, I don't see this team beating. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Um, well, first of all, Jeremy Grant was actually a, a pretty decent shooter for them last year. I don't think uh, I think. I see Aaron Gordon as a poor man's Blake Griffin from his glory days. Uh, you know, very athletic, you know, get to the rim slash. I'm not sure that's necessarily what you need uh, um, in this, uh, in what they're going to face in the West. Um, and also, what does this do for uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s confidence? Now he's going to be pushed back to the bench again. Because essentially they're telling him, hey, uh, well, you know, I, we had to go out and get Aaron Gordon because you wasn't living up to the building after we let Jeremy Grant walk. And and then bringing in JaVale, uh, you know, it's a good veteran move. JaVale's a good rim protector. He, he brings, he brings uh, his length and size. And, you know, that'll definitely be a help from that standpoint. But uh, you know, definitely not a not a super game changer like that. It's just you know a good upgrade from what they had. Uh, I think it actually hurts that they lose Gary Harris, though. You know, Gary Harris is good defender, shooter, um, um, and he's been part of that whole Denver culture for the last couple years. So I, I I actually think the loss of Gary Harris is gonna hurt them a little bit. They better hope Aaron Gordon can live up to the billing, but uh, I, like my co-host said, I don't see that being any type of uh, big mountain mountain move. I don't know who was saying that they're going to win the chip because I definitely don't see it. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, <laughs> um, I think Denver, it, all it did was just put them over the top of Utah and also the Clippers. As far as the Lakers go, that I don't think that's really going to do much. Um, I think in a way, Gary Harris. The problem with Gary Harris was that he he couldn't stay on the floor. He was he's been hurt almost like for like a year and a half. Um, so I think as far as them trading him, that's an upgrade I'm sure to them and their fans, but. You know, it's like as a as a Laker fan, <laughs> I know Gary Harris is one of those annoying dudes that can make a series annoying. Absolutely. You know, so one of those. that yeah. I definitely like seeing him go. So yeah. <laughs> I actually I like this trade more for the Lakers than anything <laughs> because it puts it puts them over the top of the Clippers again. This year I don't think the Clippers will get payback for last year. I think it'll just be a repeat of last year. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel about that trade. Oh, so you don't think playoff no, Rondo will be a up, thing they for them by trading Lou Will <laughs> because they have no bench now, like they have a bench, but in the way they don't because uh, Lou Will was their closer. Just think in the last year, they've lost. They've lost Trez and Lou Williams, both guys that were averaging 20 points off the, uh-huh. off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming off the bench for them now. Um, and they lost, uh, um, what's the name, uh, Jermichael Green, too. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, so they've essentially lost their whole bench um, in this last, not even last full calendar year. And I don't think their starting five is powerful enough to necessarily not have to need a bench. You know, I think they're a team that definitely, like, the Clippers were one of those annoying teams because it's like, you got to respect people like Lou Will and Montrez. You know, but now they don't have that. They have Luke Kennard coming off the bench and nobody really, you know, he's not going to do much. Like, he'll probably do, he'll probably hit a couple shots, but he's not going to take over the game. You know, so I think for the Clippers, them getting Rondo, you know, they're really, really banking on a playoff Rondo. So, on leadership. Really. Well, yeah, leadership, but they're banking on that at this point because who, who else is coming off the bench? Patrick Beverly? Come on now. But it, Don't get me started on him. Um, that, 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 that this whole leadership quality with Rondo, how do you have these two MVP caliber guys, you know, a guy that's won two uh, finals MVPs, uh, how are you? And then another guy, you know, that's that's been uh, that's been labeled in the top ten players in the league for the you know for at least the last five years. And you have leadership issues with these two guys on the team. I don't understand what what, what is going on in that locker room where they're saying that they don't have uh, they need a leader from the point guard position. I I don't I don't I, understand. Yeah, I feel like for the mentally guys on weak the team, like a dude like Patrick Beverly, like maybe he'll maybe he'll buy in, but eh, you know that's one of those things to where it's like with them having, you know, you remember everybody remembers last year when Kawhi and Paul George got together, they was comparing it to MJ and Pippen, you know. So it's like if you MJ and Pippen, you know how how don't you have a leader? You know, where did, where did that go? Where did, you know, Kawhi is, you know, lifetimes better than LeBron just because LeBron was hurt that year? Where did all that go? You know, so I feel like that trade mm-hmm. really just tells the rest of the league, like, man, these dudes, come on now. Like, how old is Rondo? Like, yes, he did amazing things for us um, in the playoff, in the finals, especially this last year. But you, you're really banking on you know, Rondo to come an older Rondo to come in and chant, you know, that you got to look yourselves in the mirror at that point. Like, if they would have got him, if they would have got him in free agency, that's different to me. And he's done nothing this year. Nothing. (laughs) Atlanta, But he did nothing last year. Yeah, that's what I was just like. You know, like I said, maybe he'll show up. I do expect him to show up, but I don't think that's what they necessarily needed. (laughs) Uh, the biggest thing with Rondo, and and we can attest to this, yep. dude has trouble staying healthy. Yep. Like his years at the Lakers, it was always a broken hand or something going on with that brother. So they may be banking on this, but all it takes is one little bump with him, and he could be on the shelf. And then, and what do they got? They've like uh, we mentioned. They've gutted their bench, Marcus, so it's it basically and just. Marcus Morris comes off the bench now. I, I think in Batum, but I, think I, Batum I don't know. Starts. I know their I rotation. But I don't know. They, they run a pretty small lineup with him at the four. 
and then Serge Ibaka at the five. So oh, they got yeah. Zubac yeah. coming off the and bench. Like I there. said, that's that's not a team. Like you match them up with the Lakers, the Lakers destroy in my eyes. If you get if you get Andre Drummond and Avery Bradley, you know Avery Bradley's the Clipper killer. So <laughs> you know, I when I yep. mentioned Avery Bradley earlier, I can't believe I forgot to mention his defense because that's what he's known for. Like he's one of the only dudes I think mm. he reminds me a lot of like a Tony Allen, like a pest. Like he'll pest you uh, the whole way up the floor. But the beautiful thing about his game is he can he he's, he, he could uh, he could go off. You know he he can hit a shot or two. You know so. And he yeah, doesn't look yeah, like so he I just rolled out of bed with this trade. Eh. You know, I guess it's a solid trade since they'll have that quote-unquote leadership now. But to me, it just says more about the current dudes that they got. Yep, yep. Now, looking at the, at least at the West, at just uh, after the deals were done. And granted, the Blazers made a trade uh getting Norman Powell. I honestly thought that was, personally, I was like, <laughs> what was wrong with uh, Gary Junger? That's, a, that's I, another I thing. I thought he was playing. He, I go I, ahead he, and say thank you to, you know, because Gary Trent Jr. is one of those players yeah. that li- that likes to kill the Lakers. Who so used to kill He'll have a mediocre game every other game, but when he plays the Lakers, he will just, he'll, that'll be like the game of his lifetime. So, just like that's fine. Once again, thank he, you, Blazers. He's on. That trade yep. made no sense. Yeah, and he got rid of another ring in Rodney Hood. That really? that trade made zero sense. Like Norman Powell is, he's not all that. You know what I think? Man? And you already have uh, CJ and Dame. So you know what I probably think with uh, with uh, Gary Trent Jr. I think they probably seen that. He was going to command. So I, I think he, he'll be going into his third year. So he would still be on his rookie contract. But I think they probably seen the writing in the sand that he's probably going to be commanding a lot more playing to, or commanding money. And they probably just said, hey, we probably should cut bait, get a veteran in here, and go for it. A veteran that has championship experience. And let's go for it. It doesn't make the problem with that, though, is sorry to cut you off, brother. T, is that Powell? Yeah, that he's a free agent after this. Renovate, renovate. So. Yeah, I get that. I'm trying to make sense of a because I looked at that trade too, and I said, "Wait, they got rid of Gary Trent Jr. and uh, and Rodney Hood." I think we all had the same reaction because Rodney Hood is another one of those players that give the Lakers issues. You know, so thank you, Blazers. Thank you. I would love to listen. I know there's a guy on YouTube uh, that's a, like, diehard Blazer fan. I just want to see what he has to say because if we saying that, I'm sure he's saying that. (laughs) Like, what in the – what was the point? (laughs) What was the point? Like, I could – I. I would understand what was the point? Like yeah, a, like just a straight up Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell or Rodney Hood for Norman Powell, but both. Yeah, Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. I would have did that. Both. Uh, that would, and I can 
live with. Yeah, but you throwing in Gary Trent Jr., I'm yeah. like that. That's like dude. throwing in THT for us. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It, and maybe but it was still. a funny thing. I honestly would have to look at at the contracts and see, but that's the only thing I could think of. Maybe it was a money thing in terms of lining up the salary with Hood and Trent to match what uh, what dude is getting paid. But yeah, it made. I'm not getting rid of you know because I'm sure the Blazers know this too. He's one of those players that harass the Lakers. And yeah, it might only last one game or two games, but yeah. sometimes, you know, that's what you need is to steal one or two games that you're not supposed to win. Yeah, yeah. as soon as you steal a game, you just to steal a game. You got, you got a player like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's what you need, you know. And I don't think Norman Powell is swinging any games. <laughs> I don't think he's making any games swing like that. Yeah. Nope, nope. All right. So, and that kind of closes the book on the West. There were some other minor deals with teams like the Kings, and we don't care. They, they traded uh, Bielitsa to uh, to the Heat from uh, from Sacramento, and yeah, nobody cares about those those deals. We ain't about to go over all. One last thing, I did want to touch upon in terms of like uh, NBA deals was Oladipo to Miami. Just want you guys thoughts on that real quick before we wrap this show. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy I think it's good. He's another another wing guy that can still score, defend. Uh, it's definitely an upgrade. I like uh, I like pairing him with Jimmy um, because I think one of the biggest things last year is they didn't have enough uh, athletic ability enough really dogs to handle the Lakers you know they had Jay Crowder and Jimmy but that I mean he was really no match for what LeBron did I think Oladipo w- will help them uh, in that in that right and also it gives them somebody to help defend you know what they're going to be facing this year in uh, Brooklyn and Philly so yeah, I think it was a big upgrade. Uh, like I said, that Miami culture. Uh, if I was Philly or Brooklyn, I would be scared to see them in the playoffs. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to get both you guys' thoughts on. Do you think a team of Jimmy, uh, Depot, Hero, and Bam uh, with Dragic and, of course, you got the Vets and Iggy and Trevor Ariza there. Do you think that team, if uh, if healthy and on running on all cylinders, can uh, give Miami a, a run for their money? I mean, not Miami, but Brooklyn a run for their money to make uh, where well, everybody's honestly, just assuming that they're going to make it out of throw that. in, because for LaMarcus Aldridge getting bought out, I would love him to, for him to come to the Lakers, but the situation that makes the most sense is him going to Miami. So if you add LaMarcus Aldridge to Miami with what they have over there right now, that's a scary sight for the East. That's that's a team that's I, I could see them potentially going back to the to the finals. You know, because you match them up with Brooklyn, they match up very well. They match up really well, 
actually, you know, with as far as Jimmy Butler uh, guarding KD, um, Oladipo guarding Harden, and then um, who will guard who will guard Kyrie? Um, uh, I would honestly, I would honestly put um, out of Bayou on Durant. See, so I feel I like put, they're they're I, flexible I, enough to where it can yeah. happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like they're really setting themselves up to go against Brooklyn. So, um, I think, I think Miami, the the moves Miami made is, you know, well needed moves as far as how they how they started the season. Um, they still they were able to keep uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I think that was the best part about the deal is them being able to keep those two. So if they were if they had to trade yeah. those two. You know, it still would have been a great trade, but I feel like just the fact that they were able to keep those two, that's a that's extra credit, you know. So I think Miami is definitely going to go deep into the playoffs. Um, I can definitely see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals against Brooklyn or even Philly. You know, I feel like the East is about to be pretty entertaining, pretty entertaining as well as uh, just like the West. Yep, yep. Well, uh, we uh, hit our NBA uh, topics for, for the week. Uh, and definitely going to be some exciting things to uh, look forward to there as we hit the stretch run, see who the Lakers may be able to get in the buyout market. And, and hopefully we get uh, Braun and AD healthy so we can make that push for back to back. But uh, in close out the show, I did want to, uh, one of the reasons we brought DJ on, along with just his you know, wealth of basketball knowledge, is the brother is really, really uh, smart when it comes to finances. I want to kind of add that and uh, incorporate that as part of the show as well. So, brother DJ, uh, I'll kind of just let you take the wheel, uh, sir. Is have at it. Any questions or anything like that? Or you just want me to go ahead and freestyle? Uh, I would like. Uh, I would just like to hear your. Uh, you know your background. Uh, what would you advise? And uh, you know, if you are a young man such as yourself and want to start out investing young. Uh, what type of uh, you know what type of stocks you should invest in or things you should look at uh, gotcha. you know basically you can't just freestyle but uh, you know kind of give the uh, audience your background okay so yeah um, I started my entrepreneur journey um, at the age of 19 years old um, I was playing basketball at uh, the University of Cal State San Bernardino. Um, I lost my scholarship, so at that point, I'm like, I was, I was sure I didn't want to uh, be in school. I knew it wasn't for me, so I was like, you know what, it's time to be an entrepreneur. So um, went ahead and learned about real estate, learned how to do fix and flips, uh, learned how to wholesale, all that good stuff. Um, but I would say, you know, for somebody my age, I'm, I'm now 21 years old and feel like this past year I've learned more than, you know, the first two years of this. Um, I think that what, I, what I've learned is, yes, the education is very important. That's the most important. But the one thing that that is more important than that is your mindset. 
you know, because it's very easy to um, to psych yourself out, to um, you know, try to try to force things, try to make, uh, try to have your life sped up, living in a sped up life. You know, I feel like the most important thing that I've learned so far is, you know, just enjoy the process. You know, it's it's learning lessons every single day. Um, it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. You got a lifetime, you know, you just got to take little chops at the tree every day. So I think that's probably one of the most uh, important things that I've learned so far is, you know, the aspect of just letting time slow down and enjoying the process. Cool. cool. But, um, just just to touch on a couple you know hot topics right now as far as stocks and uh that good stuff goes is um you know right now the markets are getting hit pretty hard this is a great time to find those stocks that are paying dividends you know this is the time where you go on that like these are the days you go shopping you know you see those red days it's like you go into the mall you know it's like you go into the mall and they're marketing to you 40% off, 30% off. The stock market does the same thing. You got to buy income, you know? So right now with the markets getting hit pretty hard, this is a, this is a great time to do some research on all the stocks getting hit hard, you know, see if there's any stocks that, that you're interested in that are, uh, that are tanking right now, you know, whether it be $5, $10, $20, you know, if it's something that you believe in and you're like, you know, say it's Apple or something like that, you know, Apple is down this week. Um, you know, is Apple going anywhere? No, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So that would be a great stock to pick up if the price is dropping right now. You know, so right now I would say this is this is when the real traders are trading. This is what now I wouldn't even say trading. This is when the real traders are buying up all the good stuff is on these red days so you know we need to look at the red days as blessings because that's that's exactly what they are is opportunities okay i yeah yeah that's, that's definitely good information to know for you know anybody that's starting out or uh you know uh the, the stock market can be very uh, intimidating. You look at all those numbers and and you look at all those different abbreviations. And if you don't know how to break it down uh, and realize how simple it actually really is, it can be really intimidating. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I, okay, I open up my uh, Weeble app and I'm like, when I first took a look at it, what is all this? And I, I had to sit there for a good 30 minutes till I got a grasp. I'm like, all right, I kind of have an idea where I want to go with my like first time, like a couple buying a couple um, and, and things here and there. So, yeah, you just got to give yourself some time to understand what's going on with it and and make smart, uh, sound decisions. I said, like, don't uh, go in expecting you gonna be walking out like the whole GameStop and yeah. AMC yeah. thing with thousands of dollars right away. You gotta be realistic. No, you, gotta, you gotta learn to be smart about it. You gotta be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I got another question for you, DJ. Yes. Uh, uh, as far as Bitcoin is concerned, how do you feel about uh, Bitcoin? Bitcoin is one of those things um, that you just have to put yourself in, um, put yourself in the future and really think about what Bitcoin can become. You know, um, I think in today's time, it, it this is how I like to think about Bitcoin. You know, let's just say the U.S. dollar was to crash, you know, because I believe they printed they they printed with it with over the in this last year to year and a half. They printed trillions of dollars, you know, so let's say that the dollar was to crash. Um, a lot of people are buying up gold, Bitcoin, silver, all, all co- uh, commodities, all that type of good stuff. Um, how like if you if you were to go to the store are you going to really be paying in gold bricks no there's no way if if you need to go to the store are you taking your gold bricks in your car with you for people to see no way you know like this is like gold it makes sense as far as an investment like because you know it's not ever going to lose value but it doesn't make sense as far as like it's not it's not as um it's not as convenient as a bitcoin is you know so right now bitcoin it for one bitcoin is fifty thousand us dollars so if you hold one bitcoin you hold fifty thousand dollars you know so that's why you're seeing you know um gas being so much right now and uh just different things like that bread bread the price of bread going up is because there's so many dollars in circulation, you know, it's losing the strength of it. And um, they're just trying to keep it afloat at this point. And if it does mm-hmm. crash, Bitcoin is easily going to be slid in because nowadays, what do we all use? Apple Pay. We all use Cash App. We all use, you know, just stuff like that. And Bitcoin also has its benefits as far as there's no middleman, you know, because right now you having to put your money in the bank where... You know, let's say you have $200,000 in your bank account. You can't go into the bank and say, hey, I want to pull out all 200000 because guess what? They're not going to have it. You know, so it's like that's where you ask yourself, does it really make sense that I'm letting somebody else hold my money and they're taking it from that point to then go invest it? You know, and they're charging me sometimes to hold my money here or they're giving me little BS interest while they're out making 13 14% on my money and then when i come to the bank they don't even have all of it here potentially if i wanted to take it all out you know so that's where bitcoin comes in and there is no middleman you know it's you and your it's you and your wallet that's it you know there's no there's no middleman between it so that's what's attractive about it is that you know there's no government behind it or nothing like that you know, that's why a lot of people are gravitating towards it because they like the idea of, you know, not having the bank being involved and um, all the all, all the all the problems that could come with that and just being more secure, having having your finances in your hands. Exactly. Exactly. Basically controlling your own destiny. Uh, that's that's. Uh, that's great information for you know, like I said for 
people that are just starting out that really a simple way how it's been broken down uh um and uh, and as i say again i always tell him that uh i wish i knew these things at 21 <laughs> so i'm gonna put you guys on to something exactly exactly Next thing i'm gonna start looking into is called nfts so nfts are on the blockchain i don't understand it completely all the way but i have a quick understanding of it so nfts are like artwork that that is sold digitally so now it's like a digital um like baseball card so you know how everything is like bitcoin and cash app and apple pay is all on the internet and stuff like that this is the same kind of thing but with art like artwork Mm -hmm. and um digital artwork and um uh digital artwork all, all different kinds of stuff you know you could turn an nft into a song you know if you're an artist so the cool thing about nfts is um once you create something and you sell it every single time that that item is sold on the blockchain you have a 20 percent or whatever commission you set towards you know every single time that item is sold you get a commission for it so if you make something that's like passed around and passed around every single time somebody sells it 20 percent commission 20 percent commission 20 percent commission on addition of what you already sold it for to begin with so you got people you know artists making like cool art selling their pieces for a million dollars you know and then since it's only one or they made 15 available you know you sell 15 for a thousand dollars each that's fifteen thousand dollars, you know, and then you only made fifteen available, so it's good, there's going to be scarcity. So now the price is going to go up. So now let's say uh, a year down the line, two years down the line, somebody sells it for thirty thousand. Guess what? You getting paid again. You getting your twenty percent commission because you still own that artwork or that song or whatever it is, you know. So I think NFTs is going to take the game over. And I think it's a, this is an early time to like start looking into it. Like I said, I don't understand it completely all the way, but it's one of those things I definitely want to tap into because this, in a way, connects with like using 3D printers and stuff like that. You could turn your artwork into a 3D printed object, you know, to where you're taking stuff from your mind and literally bringing it to life. You know, so I think that's going to be the future is uh, NFTs, Bitcoin, all that, all everything dealing with the Internet, because we've seen with these with, with uh, this whole pandemic, everything could be operated over the Internet. So I think the Internet, like we we're only in the beginning of this. So I think um, that's just definitely going to be interesting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, get on, get in on the ground floor, like these these other clowns. Where it's like, oh, if you were here when this started, you'd make, you'd have this by now. So yeah, definitely. You know, that appreciate that, DJ, because oh, yeah. that'll give me something yep. to, and especially to, um, like research like over said, this weekend. NFTs, it's, sure. it's an endless, 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 endless possibilities. You know, it. Like I've seen stuff like so what i'm what i'm thinking is going to turn into is if they're not already doing it samsung now makes um live picture frames so you'll be able to have your digital animated nft playing on your picture frame in your house 
Oh, that's so it's gonna um, it's gonna change it to the next level to where like those picture frames look like legit pictures you know so you're buying like digital artwork and displaying it in your house on your digital on your frame on your digital frame and um it could like i know amazon uh i believe it was last year came out with some glasses some smart glasses that you could see like holograms through the glasses like the vr yeah. type thing through the glasses and the simple little glasses so i feel like nfts could then connect in that way too so i think like i said this is just the beginning of everything nice very nice all right Uh, you got anything else for dj brother t valuable information uh and we we would love to have you uh, at least back maybe uh maybe at least every other couple weeks to continue to break this uh this financial uh, stock market and uh then maybe the next time we can get into um although none of us partake in the earth uh these these uh marijuana dispensaries and the and the whole marijuana industry that's taken off by legalizing um legalizing marijuana uh almost everywhere pretty much in america now and it's also jumping to foreign countries and stuff also and that how that's affecting the uh the market also yeah yep I'm looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. On our next call, I'm currently working on something. Don't want to mention it yet. I want to see how it goes first before I let everybody know about it. So, you know, let's just, let's, let's link up again in about a month and then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to talk about it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, we definitely got to bring you back on. If not just to, Financial, as we pointed out, you know your stuff when it comes to basketball, too. So we definitely are going to be making sure to reach out uh, to you, sir. But, um, um, you guys, you guys think you want to plug while, while we have you here? Damien Reedy, D-A-M as in Michael, I-E-N, Reedy, R-E-E-D-Y. Give me a follow. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thank you, young Neff. Definitely our pleasure, sir. All right, brother. All right, and for for the Time for Some Action podcast, this is your host, uh, Niles E. uh, uh, With Brother T, we are going to be signing out. We will be back next week. We are going to try to get this music thing going. Uh, I'm going to be talking with the wife because she wasn't too happy that the fans thought that Heavy D was a better <laughs> MC than Big Daddy Kane. So we got to have to do some things about uh, the brackets next go around so she can make sure her dude gets further in the first round. So that will be back. Well, uh, I just got to reshuffle some things. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for uh, Brother T, this is Nalzi signing out. Brother. And we'll be back next week better and better.